Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. and welcome to the Crick Index podcast. England completes a historic 2-1 series victory over South Africa in their own backyard, courtesy of a match-winning spell from Stuart Broad at the Wanderers and a fantastic turn from the ever-reliable Joe Root. But with South Africa winning the fourth test in some style, did they slightly spoil the English party and other proteas on the way up after discovering some new stars for the future? Joining me this evening to discuss all that and more, we have our resident heavyweights Dan Rhodes and Dan Kennett, and our South African correspondent, Dave Dias. Before we carry out the South African post-mortem, Rosie, I wanted to come to you first. Going back to the third test, the series was on the line, the pressure was on at 91 for four, backs are against the wall. And then can you explain, can you sum up how good the performances were from root and broad to take England to a you know, romping victory? Yeah, I think I think you've jumped ahead of the curve there. I think there was some good performances in the first innings with the bowling as well. Ben Stokes and um, Stephen Finney, especially, I thought, bowled a brilliant spell, got rid of Amla in the first innings. And yeah. we restricted them to about 313, it was. So there was that, but obviously, the, you can. it's hard not to say that Broads won this match um, single-handedly in one innings. But without that century from Root, uh, is. It's a completely different context to ball to. Um, we managed to scrape over, get a little bit of a lead. That was enough. And then, you know, that century. Useful knock from Stokes as well. Again, taking the game away uh, over a runner ball. Um, useful runs from Bairstow. And then, but Matt's winning from Root. Um, and I know Dan's a big cheerleader for, 
Stuart Broad, so I'll, I'll definitely let him explain um, the uh, Stuart Broad spell, which was phenomenal. Just on the route one, Dan, I mean, after the last podcast where we talked about England's top order, he came in at three three down for nothing again, three down for 70. And um, But the, the, the knock from route was just absolutely superb. Because um, he, he scores really quickly without taking extravagant risks. He can just destroy. He's got every shot in the book, and he can just destroy good bowling, can't he? And score really quickly. He he's never is, is 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 like Williamson, um, possibly like Smith as well, in that they never ever let a bad ball go. Anything that's slightly off, either length or line, is, they just <coughs> they just pick up on it, and it usually usually ends up in four runs. And if it and if they're bowling really well, like Rabada was, um, especially in the first innings, he took a five for then as well. If like Rabada was, he, he just nudges it and just rotates the strike. So he knows that if the bowling well, I'll rotate the strike. A bad ball comes, I'll hit it for four, and I can do it any anywhere on the wicket. So it doesn't matter where the ball comes. It, it, just great to have a player like that. Yeah, it's like um, we talked about England's um, top order, top order woes and stuff. And I also mentioned that on the pre-match, the pre-series ones, I, I had concerns about. I thought Root was unproven against. Express pace and on the on 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 the difficult, most difficult bouncy wickets, but Wanderers that was a belting wicket full of pace, full of bounce, and I don't I don't think any of the batsmen in the match passed fifty, did they? And he got one hundred and ten. Stokes did, didn't they? he? Got fifty eight of fifty four. But that was it. And yeah, the next high score after him was fifty eight in the match. Yeah. And he ended up with a century. I don't be interested to get um, Dave's a South African view on Roots and Insta. Yeah, I thought I thought he was brilliant. He's probably the the only batsman in the game really that, that got into it. I thought um, you, you, obviously Stokes was was he, he's the one that really came and took the pressure off, hitting the bad ball away. I mean South Africa was in was in a pretty good position. We had England ninety odd for four, so that partnership between the two of them was was excellent. Um, in the South African innings, everyone got a start. It was a strange statistic that every batsman got into double figures. But none of them could could kick on, and um, I think the fact that Root was able to do that kind of showed you on a wicket that the batsmen probably never really felt that they were like properly in. Um, it was was excellent batting. Also, at the same time, I mean, South Africans bowling kind of went haywire once once Stokes came in and started hitting every bad ball he saw for four. Um, particularly for Lyon, who started, I mean, he's like a spray gun. He's quick as hell, he's exciting, but he's bowling all over the place and he got punished. And I think that it made it a bit easier, but at the same time, on the, at the other end, Rabada was bowling brilliantly. So I think Root's innings was deservedly a, a match-winning innings. Strange statistics there for the uh, the new fast bowler, Dave. Uh, four for his first ball in test cricket and a wicket with his first delivery. We don't have to say that it was um, on the leg side, but uh, <laughs> we're still caught behind. <laughs> um, Dave wanted to get your reaction to the the eight three all out. Um, you know, Stuart Broad must have ripped your heart out. You must have thought we're in a fight here. It's it's looking even. Anything could happen. And then thirty three point one overs of carnage. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. When when we were talking before the series and we were trying to say what we thought would happen and the, I think our consensus was that the South African bowling attack was superior in our conditions versus the English. But I remember watching Broad in the Ashes and the way he did the same thing to Australia 
And I've, I watched the series hoping I wouldn't see that. <laughs> and then I did see it. So I think Broad's bowling was unbelievable. It completely ripped my guts out. I was in the middle of a nice, lovely holiday in the Cape and um, thought I'd come in and check the cricket score. And before I knew it, the game was over. I mean, it was, it was brilliant from England's side. But at the same time, uh, South Africa in the game, which was very frustrating because in the first innings, you know, we put some partnerships together. Every batsman got a start. We couldn't take advantage. We should have got 450 plus, well, at least 450 in that first innings. We didn't manage to do it. And then we had England on the ropes at 90 yard for four, and we still couldn't take advantage. Um, the English came back and got a small lead, but then, you know, Broad really, really bowled properly on the wicket. He got his length right, and I think that was key. South Africans just couldn't find their length. And once he got his teeth into us, yeah, it was. It was, it was sixteen. It, it was sixteen without loss at lunch. Yeah, yeah. Six, we we'd already we look we were looking good at lunch. We thought, here we go. We're gonna if we can get a two fifty lead here, um, this game's on. And, and then it drinks. Uh, it was thirty five for five. <laughs> <laughs> good oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> so it's it's it's. It, but I mean, it was a hell of a spell. Hell of a yeah. spell and some, uh, I mean, some of those wickets, you want to just, you know, your gut is to say the batting was atrocious, but as bad as the batting was, it was, it was great, great bowling. Like, it, he was, all, he was unplayable. The, the, I don't think there was that much, many bad shots, to be honest. I mean, the ones that got Ven Sale and Elgar were absolute jaffers. And then uh, there were the two, the, cat, mi- the, the two miracle catches. Off oh, yeah, team. absolutely. No, it was England won that. It, it, it uh, like really just outplayed us on yeah. in that innings, yeah. And, so and the one that got to Villiers was a Jaffa as well. So, um, um, but it's just like <clears throat> I remember I remember watching it um, really closely, and it, like you said, it was the, the whole match was a fifty. It was a coin flip at lunch on that third day, and um, there was no, there was absolutely no sign of in the, in the, in those five overs we bought before lunch that you know what was to come. So obviously. Um, maybe Bayliss and all the senior players and everybody, they've just got together at lunch and almost like they thought, this is it now, we need to step up to the plate. And, and almost from the first ball he bowled, um, um, there was the first over he bowled after lunch to Elgar and you could just see there was more zip, there was more control, there was bounce, there was movement. And um, I can't remember, was there actually any, was there any cloud cover at this point? Because it, it, there was one day when there was a little bit of more clouds than, than the others as well. But, yeah, um, there was, there was, um, there was a bit of a storm brewing. So, so yeah, there there was a bit of cloud cover, so it did help a little bit. But the, just did enough. The thing, yeah, just did enough. And the thing is, I, I also think he got his length right. The wondrous yeah. pitch is all about it's all about bowling the right length, and it's it's fuller than than you'd think. Yeah. You've got to take that risk to get driven. There was there was a really good there's a really good um, at Crickviz and um, he said during his spell his average speed was eighty seven point five and it's been I think it's a long t- that's MPH sorry not KPH but um, it's a long time I think since Broad's bowled at that speed consistently with with, with and on that pitch with the bounce as well and you could just see and I remember seeing in the WhatsApp group he, he, he he's on it he just you can just see he looks on it and as soon as the Elgar catch went Elgar won which was a jaffa you could just I think I said this is this is like exactly what he was like at Trent Bridge against the Australians. And, you know, he's that good. And because he just moves it an inch either way off the scene with the bounce and the pace. And it's, it's bordering on unplayable, I think, at times. I remember you saying that in the in the WhatsApp group as well, Kenneth, and it was almost that you, you called it, you could you could sense that this was coming on now. Uh, but can you put it into a bit of context, Kenneth, for us as well, in that 
um, how good can this England side be? Because they seem to pull it out the bag when they're when these pressure moments come. Um, you yeah. know, there's always somebody to go to. Yeah, and it's 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 only a recent thing, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I remember the West Indies tour last a year ago, uh, maybe a bit, like even less, ten months ago. Oh, that was pretty horrendous. And then there was a big collapse against New Zealand um, in the second test there when we won nil up. Um, it, but then if you look at back to the Ashes and then these series, it, it's almost like big players uh, are seizing big moments. And I obviously there were some good performances in the UAE despite the two 0 um, But Broad, is, 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 I think he's I think he's surpassed Anderson as the best bowler in the team uh, at some point in the last year. Um, and you know we, people, we, they're, they're still saying Jimmy's the leader of the attack, but I, I, I think Broad is the best bowler and he's the most effective bowler. And um, he, he, and he, and he, he, he did that, and he's not, he's number one in the world, and he don't become number one in the world overnight. It takes a lot, it takes a long time, long period of sustained good form to be, become number one in the world. And um, I, I think we just should he, he, I think he's the he's the one that typifies the improvement that the England team's made in recent years. Because he, he he had a pretty mediocre first few years in Test cricket, um, but he he's just become such a such a such a consistent quality bowler, and he can do it in more conditions than Anderson as well. He that's what, in was, that's yeah. what I was going to say. In in typical English conditions, maybe Anderson you could say, uh, but he, he, but Broad can do it in in multiple conditions now. Broad at home, and you know, give him Edge Baston or Trent Bridge, he'll he'll be on the on the money as well. Um, Rosie, I was just going to quickly, quickly come to you to temper it all by saying, even with the small chase, the obligatory three wickets have to go down. As if, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, of course they do. And and there was there was no wobble. Uh, Cook Cook saw it out really. Joe Root got the winning runs. That what it, it was just, you know. <laughs> Typical, but I just wanted to say on board the reason why he's probably world number one is because he's got the wickets against the best batsmen as well. You know, that's the point. And like Dan's, Dan's just said then, the only time Anderson beats him is when it swings. If it's swinging, then Anderson's probably the best along with Stain. But Broad can hold up an end, he can get bounce, move it either way, has a length, you know, so it's and, and doesn't seem to be getting injured as often yeah. as what Anderson does. So that longevity is key as well. That's a great point, Dan, because he, he, Broad's wickets aren't padded out by just whittling through the tail at all. He, he whittles through the top order, you know, and he gets the key players out. And, and that, that is one of it. You know, that that that's another sign of his genuine quality because his record against these top batsmen is is, 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 is super. Kenny, did you now that we're mentioning broad in a bit of detail? Now you had uh, some stats and things on it. Would you reckon is that a good time? Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, because I mean, um, we're going to talk a bit more about AB de Villiers later on. I think um, in the context of the fourth test, but. Um, what I did was um, there was there was some stuff in in, in Durban going round when um, about um, Broad's record against De Villiers one and one and because De Villiers came into the series I think as the world number one batsman or very very close and he just come off some come across an incredible um, ODI series in India where he basically smashed like gazillion runs suddenly <laughs> it's fantastic and um, <clears throat> there was this thing when uh, on um, TMS about Broad had actually got a very good record against De Villiers. But I actually looked into it, and um, he's now dismissed him more than any other bowler in, in, in international cricket. Um, so he's got nine dismissals against De Villiers. And I, compared to the rest of the England team, all the matches De Villiers played, Broad's got nine, Anderson three, and then Swan and Finn are next with a couple. 
But what it is is that it, 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 is, De is averaging in England in this, this data I've got is 36, and his strike rate is, is 68.4 against these bowlers. But against Broad, his average is, is just under 12, and his strike rate is 27. So he's getting out every 27 balls he faces from Broad. It's, it's, it's absolutely remarkable. It's like, it's like McGuire and Atherton. It is. It's, 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 you know, you can't say De Villiers is his bunny, but well, you, well maybe you can. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> what stage do you be someone's bunny? It's got to be averaging less than 15. Yeah. Um, and, you know, against Jimmy, he's respectable. His average is 30 against Anderson uh, with a strike rate of 65. But, you know, and against all the England, other England bowlers, he's, 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 he's far superior. But this is... Now, I listened to Broad talk on um, TMS about, uh, on a TMS special about um, Michael Clark, and he said that there's <clears throat> something in his action that he don't, doesn't think that Clark can cope with. Um, whether it's a physical thing, where it's the height because he bowls from, and he maybe comes from a blind spot, or the angle he bowls, or the, 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 the base, because when, when Broad delivers the ball, he comes down from um, sort of almost nine foot, doesn't he? I think, you know, because he's six foot five, then, and with the bounce as well. And there's something about his, his technique and his, the way he delivers the ball, and he was convinced that Clark had a blind spot for him or some technical flaw that he couldn't cope. And it makes you wonder if, if De Villiers has got the same, the same issue, because a lot of, uh, of De Villiers' wickets too broad are in the cordon. And LBW in the court, and that, like, you'd, like you'd want to see your fast bowlers getting your wickets. Um, but it's, it's a remarkable performance, you know, um, when you consider what a quality player De Villiers is. Yeah, I mean, De Villiers, I think, across, if you think of it across all formats, 2020 ODI and Test, I think he is the best because of the batsmen who, who you know, you can put Joe Root, Steve Smith, <coughs> Williamson in the mix. Uh, they're good at maybe one format, not so effective on a different format. Um, uh, Dave, can we say it's the captaincy, or is it just that um, Broad has his number? No, I, I, I think, you know, the stats don't lie in that case. I think uh, the Villiers has a genuine problem against Broad. You know, and when when Dan started um, pulling these stats out, I was like, no, there's got to be there's got to be a flaw in these numbers, but there there isn't. And and you know, in the last Test match, it's, uh, it it happened again. So. He, he definitely has. It would be fascinating to to figure out if it is something to do with his his action or whatever it is that just bamboozles someone like De Villiers, who seems to not have a problem with anybody. And it would be interesting to know which other bowlers he has a problem with because there probably there probably aren't any, or you know the next one isn't really a problem. So yeah, I'd, I'd maybe say maybe Mitchell funny. Johnson. Maybe Mitchell Johnson's the only one. I can oh think. yes, yeah, Mitchell Johnson potentially. Yeah, but he, but even I mean Mitchell Johnson probably has a really a, a decent record against the Villiers. But I'm 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 sure Broads is after this series is is it's like it's a lot better probably than than Johnson's against the Villiers. But I wonder. I hope. I hope AB decides to listen to this podcast and and hears what we're saying, and he and he and he works to fix this because I think we're coming. We the South Africans are coming to England next year, twenty seventeen. I think. He, I think we are. Yeah, it's eighteen yeah. months away. Yeah. 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 yeah so, so hopefully De Villiers is still playing Test cricket. He's still the captain, <laughs> and he can fix that stat. <laughs> yeah. Just just one one more thing. What Broad said about about um, Clark Michael Clark was that he was always amazed by the amount of times he actually managed to hit Clark, um, either on the back or the shoulder 
or the neck, that area, or the heart. Um, and again, and that was one of the things he said gave him um, this feeling that there was something in his action that brought, and he had a blind spot for. Because bats, top quality batsmen like Michael Clark don't get hit very often, do they? And um, Broad seemed to think, think he had, think he had it. You know, it's fascinating. So be really interesting to hear the volleys talk you, about it, and maybe right. Do you know what? Dan, that's interesting because you know who else hits Clark or has hit Clark quite regularly is uh, Mornay Morkel. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so there's so there's height there, so there's something in that. He's very high action as well, Mornay Morkel, a tall guy. Probably high. Very tall action. Yeah, <laughs> similarly tall action as well. You know, not the sort of slingy bowlers. They're very traditional high action bowlers. Um, should we come on to the fourth test, uh, Dave? I was going to get your reaction to this. Some call it a dead rubber. Some say there's no dead rubbers in test cricket. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, one in some style there, the South Africans are really top-class performance. Yeah, look, for I'm one of those that will say there's no such thing as a dead rubber in test cricket because, I mean, the game itself is it's a proper game of attrition. But, I mean, it's... Um, you know, some might say that that England had a bit of a, a bit of a hangover, but you know what? Watching the the reaction from the bowlers in the second innings, particularly, it didn't look like they thought it was a dead rubber themselves. They were quite pumped up, particularly Anderson. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the best way to to react to the dismal season we've had, both against India and against England at home, is to to try and end it with something positive. I think um, the the team selection was was extremely important to get this right. I mean, it's the closest that I've seen or that we've seen in the whole season to the right team being picked. So I was I was firstly very happy with that. I mean, Stephen Cook coming in, we've been calling for Stephen Cook to come into the South African side. Um, I honestly didn't think it would happen, but I think we were we were so <coughs> diabolical in the wonders that um, the selectors' hands were were forced. From and the then, preview then, podcast, Dave, even, isn't it? I think Don yeah, mentioned the preview. Don, Don's been saying it for ages, he, he, even even before in conversations I've had with him. He, he, he's a massive Cook fan. And, I mean, and then Cook came in and he looked like he'd been playing for South Africa for the past for the past couple of seasons. He, he looked a proper opening batsman. He was calm. He didn't panic, even in his 90s, maybe a, a, a little bit nervous, but he... he you know, picked up ones and twos to to make a hundred. It's it's outstanding. I mean, he doesn't need to say much. He he's said it all with his bat. And now, with that, uh, I really, I mean, he will get his chance now. I just hope that you know we've got a South Africa's got a lot of Test cricket from August onwards in the next calendar year after that. So a huge opportunity for him to really to really own that position. So I hope I hope he does. So firstly, that was brilliant. Um, Another highlight for me was Amla, like really showing that he has found his form again. I mean, to me, that Amla's key. If he's if he's batting well and he's on form, that South African batting lineup suddenly looks a lot better. Um, and then, obviously, the the hero of the game for me, and I couldn't be happier, is um, Kahiso Rabada. Unbelievable bowling. I mean, to at, at 20 years old, to have the best bowling figures alongside Makai and Tini. By a South African is just phenomenal. Thirteen wickets in the game. I, I thought he bowled brilliantly in the first in the first innings. Obviously, he took seven wickets, and then I thought, you know what, we're going to need a few more extra runs because he's a young guy. Can he really bowl it? You know, bowl that well again in the second innings, and he did it again. It's like I, again, the talent that that young man has is fantastic. So on, on the positive sides, 
for me, out of the whole series, really, it's Amla finding form. It's um, picking picking Stephen Cook finally. Um, Rabada is a huge positive for us. I mean, you can just imagine what our bowling lineup could look like when all our bowlers are, are fit with Rabada there now. And then, obviously, Bavuma getting a ton in Cape Town. And then, you know, he batted extremely well in the second innings. He came in at a tricky time again, and he looked so accomplished. If, if it wasn't for the weather... Maybe he could have got another hundred, but he but he batted excellently. So those those positives are awesome to to see. On uh, the Dave, negative side, yeah. I've just got to ask you quickly: who would yeah. be who would be in your attack then? Because I was thinking about this earlier, and, <laughs> and if everyone's fit, I would go Stan Philander Rabada. So what's what's happening to Marnie Markle? Yeah, I think that's that's a brilliant <laughs> brilliant four observation. Seam, four because... seamers all day. Don't bother with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't leave back to basics. Day. But what about the all rounder? You see, this is this is where we where, where it gets difficult. It's not an easy side to pick. But the thing is, Mone Morkel, it's it's like Donovan actually he put it perfectly. He's a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde type bowler. Like this series with Stain injured and Philander injured, this was his time to really lead the attack. I mean, he's the most experienced bowler. He's a class bowler, but he 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 was still following. I mean. Rabada, 20 years old, came in under pressure and, and quite honestly, the last two test matches, he led the attack. He took the wickets. Um, he created the pressure. So it doesn't really, you know, if I was Mornay Morkel, I'd be a little bit worried. I think there's a very big chance that if we're playing three seamers in the next season, in the next, um, um, if we're playing three seamers and all-rounder and a spinner, uh, I think Morkel might might be left out. I mean, how can you leave Rabada out? Um Unless unless uh, Philander needs a bit of time to come back into match fit again, I don't know. But uh, right now, I think Stain, Philander, Rabada, Pitt, and Morris in the side will make for a will make for a lot of balance. It just it just doesn't like taking the new ball. Like, I find it mad for someone of his, you know, like we've just been talking about the same kind of attributes that Broad has got. He should be wanting to lead the attack, taking the new ball, getting the best out of it on, in conditions where sometimes you might not be getting the help. And if you're getting the help, you should want it even more. And he's coming yeah. on second change in the first innings. Yeah, but is that, is that him or is that the captain? Well, I was, I, I'm sure I heard Sean Pollock on the commentary talking about him not him not wanting to take the new ball, or he might have been TMS. And he, he's, he's actually got an issue with bowling the new ball with accuracy or something like that. You, he, you'll know whether he's opened the ball in a lot. but you he, know. he hasn't. That, that's the thing. So it does make sense. I think he's, I think he's, he's always had a lot of issues with his, with his rhythm and his action. You, you know, he's always had the no ball problem. So I think he's, and, and if you watch him before he, he takes his run up, he, he's got a few little ticks that he does there, you know, a little like shimmy and he goes in a little circle. So he's, he's quite like finicky around his action. So, it's it's quite possible that maybe he feels he doesn't have the control with the new ball that he should, and it throws him off. But but that's crazy. If you if you're the most senior pace bowler in the side, you've got to. I mean, you demand the new ball, don't you? you sh- he should be. Should he be. shouldn't even let the captain touch it. He should just grab it and say, "I'm bowling." Is it because um, is it because he's always been first change, so he's used to the ball in that condition? Is you know, Philander and Stain typically open the bowling. Absolutely, it's, so, it's it's true. It's true. But, but in this as situation, well, and teeny, and teeny, teeny, yeah. Yeah, so. he's always had some. There's always been someone else opening ahead of him, but this was his chance to really lead the attack. And I think it's it it might it might backfire on him because 
he took some wickets in that last innings at at Centurion where he he actually did bowl quite well. His 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 spell was especially on the on the last morning was much better. It's what it's what he's capable of. But the thing is, he doesn't do it often enough. You know, like you were saying, how Broad um, has found that consistency to to really pull that out often, and that's why he's number one in the world. Um, Morkel's issue of his career is that he's never found that consistency. He could easily be up there if, if he if he was consistent. Agreed. Just wanted to say, Dave, um, that I think in by the end of the series, I, I really like if you if you if you play Bavuma at five, um, I think that top five is really pretty pretty good looking test five Cook, Elgar, Amla, De Villiers and uh, Bavuma I think that's pretty solid Yeah that's that was my thought I was like because um, Dumini was batting ahead of Bavuma in this in this yeah, um, test match crazy. and it just it, it didn't look natural did it uh, Bavuma looks a proper batsman and, and Dumini is like a sort of half batsman half all-rounder kind of player but he's batting ahead of Bavuma purely on, on his seniority um, but for me, we didn't need Dumini in that test match. We could have not played Dumini. Bavuma could easily have batted ahead of him. And we could have put Morris in, in that side. And we would have had a much better... I mean, we, in a way, we, we got lucky that, that Rabada bowled as well as he did. Because Abbott got injured and we had two seamers. So, again, the selection was shocking in my opinion. We, we should have played the all-rounder. And Dumini to me was was a waste. If you're not, if you're going to drop uh, Faf Duplessis, why are you putting Dumini back in? It's like for me, it's not an either or. They like Faf so far off his form, he, he he deserves to get dropped the way he's been playing. And Dumini, he's had plenty of opportunities to cement his side as a batsman, and and he hasn't. So it's time for us to find balance in the side, and that for me is the next step. Yeah, I, th- I think um, looking. Going forward for South Africa, Dave, I think that the, 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 I'd say you either be either play four bowlers and gamble on the fitnesses, but certainly you've had two, two matches out of four where you, a, a quick bowler is broken down. It look, you, you're probably going to have to go in with a, a, a an all rounder who is a seam bowler, aren't you, going forward? But then I think De Kock is probably a place too high at six, and Morris is probably a place too high at seven, and that's probably going to be your, um, what everybody's talking about in a year's time or something. <laughs> Yeah, possibly, possibly, but um, unless you've got another all rounder who can win a ball at six, you can bowl seam. Yeah, you know that's the thing. There's no one that's really that really stands out massively. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'd, I'd actually totally forgotten about Morris until he was selected. But I think you know, in his debut game, he did get a fifty. He needs a bit of work on on his consistency when he bowls, but he's he's not terrible. He's got he can, he can crank scene, it up for a little he's bit. Fine. His fourth scene, where he's absolutely fine. Yeah, he's, it's perfect. There's nothing nothing wrong useful. with it. And his batting's I, useful, and his fielding's useful. I think I think what might make it possible to play Bavuma at five is <coughs> well, Bavuma should bat at five, but that filling that that number six position is if Dukok can really find a way to be a consistent batsman as well in test cricket because he was he was really good in, in Centurion, but it is his home ground. It's where he's from. Um, he came in at a time where there wasn't much pressure because the other guys had done quite well. And he did bat very fluently and very, very well. I mean, he deserved his 100. It was excellent. But um, he, sometimes uh, he's a little bit brain dead as well. So in a difficult situation, he might come in there and just chuck his wicket away. So if he, if he can grow up and not do that kind of thing, then I think the balance will be there and you, you can afford to play him as a number six. 
Yeah, uh, Rhodes was going to bring you back in, and uh, there was that really strange period of play, wasn't there, in the in the fourth test where Abbas is injured, so the South Africans were batting, weren't able to put the foot on the gas, and because they were so worried that are they going to have uh, enough uh, in their attack to bowl the English out because they're going to be a seam of shorts, and then you got you know Amla there having to give his wicket away when he's on for a hundred, um, Bavuma couldn't quite get there. Uh, it was a really just a lull, almost like both teams are just taking time out of the game. Yeah, and I think um, A.B. de Villiers has got away with one there, to be honest. I said should have gone a lot earlier than what they did. Uh, not even... they were. I thought, <clears throat> to be fair to Bavuma, I thought he quickened up the pace a little bit. Um, but I thought it was Amla, when he was leading the partnership, who, who was kind of just like kind of lethargic and he's going along at two and a half, three and over. And he, and he, all you needed there, because you had so many wickets in hand, was just to move along at six, move along at five or six and over there, even if you lose all your wickets, because England were never chasing anywhere near 250. And it, just that cautiousness, I think, I don't know, you'd, you'd, you'd imagine a Brendan McCullum there would have, uh, you know, instructed this team to just throw away the wickets, but just try and score at a decent enough rate. And it seemed like they were happy enough to go along it. But it, like you say, they'd come along, and then they bowled superbly with Bader, especially to bowl us out for a hundred. We battered terribly on that final morning. Um, so it, it was a mixture of both. But I think on another day, um, on a different, on a slightly different wicket, um, it could cost you, especially when Abbotts couldn't even bowl. Maybe that's why they were doing it, but it yeah. just seemed strange. It was it was a very um, strike while the iron is cold situation there, but by uh, inexperience from the, the. I mean, everybody, you could, anybody watching the game, us as spectators, were thinking, well, we can feel that it should have happened, <laughs> and it shouldn't really be about a sentiment about anybody getting to a personal milestone. Um, McCullum would have been the other way; he would have struck because the iron was cold because he didn't let it get hot enough. Um, whereas uh, AB's, AB's let it get too cold because it's come out of the fire. <laughs> yeah, just just a comment on that. The two things: the one in the years that South Africa were dominant, there was always this this like sort of cautious approach to the way we we played Test cricket. If you go and have a look, and there's I, I remember watching a lot of Test matches where the game would get to this kind of position that that happened at Centurion. And you'd feel, okay, when's the declaration? Are the guys going to try and speed it up? And often they, they didn't and they backed, they backed their bowlers. But that was at a time where Stain played a lot of games in a row. Philando was playing. So they, they knew they could rely on the bowlers. So in this game, because very inexperienced attack, Abbott is, is not um, quite fit. It's like you wonder if what was the right thing to do in that situation. So for me, I'm very happy the rain came because it forced De Villiers' hand, which which I think was needed. And the, the other thing is just after the rain, the you know, it, it's a great time to bowl, especially in the high felt, like just, just after it rains. And I mean, that that spell when we declared afterwards, that's really what set the tone for the, for the rest, apart from England batting terribly on the final morning. Um, I mean, we had... What, what what was the score at some point? It was like 30-odd for three, and then the root, root, and who was it? Um, no, wait, Taylor got it to 50-odd for three, yeah. Yeah, we got it to 57 for three, yeah. Yeah, so, so it was a, the, like the rain actually, 
it kind of forced us into a good uh, good it made it look like good timing in the end because of the way the ball reacts just after the rain but there's no way he was he was waiting for a little short storm <laughs> there's no way he could know that so yeah, it's, it's a strange one. But, but what, what is interesting is if you go and look back historically when we've done quite well, South Africa's always been uh, quite quite cautious in test matches. They don't have that, that Australian New no, Zealand I agree. kind of... It's always been low risk. Like yeah, always. It's it's like, yeah. um, let's not lose a test match kind of approach first. That's that's often the way we look but, at it. Which it's, it's, um, it's like your, your rugby union team plays the same way. No absolutely. risk, attrition. Yeah, absolutely. It must be in the psyche, I think. But I just wanted to ask about Rabada, um, um, Dave, because I remember when he came into the team in the tour of India, and um, the reports were that here's a guy who bowls at one forty-five or ninety-four mph regularly. Now, I didn't see that series. I didn't see him getting that to that levels of like Brett pace or whatever. But um, he, he's sharp enough, isn't he? I mean, his his stock balls what about just uh, maybe just under one forty. Yeah, yeah, about one, th- yeah, one th- high one thirties. Yeah, so but he, but he gets just enough seam. His accuracy is good. He runs in all day. You know, we um, to, to, in terms of the commitment he shows when he spells, it's fantastic. Um, but he, it, it's, he's, he's an incredible find. Yeah, it's it's such a it's it's an ama- it's actually like a great feeling too because when you when you have a bowler like Stain in your side, you you always wonder where's the next superstar coming from, and to see this guy come out there and play like I mean he's twenty years old. It's his know, action is is close to to perfect, and when you hear Alan Donald make comments about him, he's like, there's actually not much more I can teach this guy. He's twenty years old, and he's and Alan Donald is saying there's not much more he can teach this guy. So he's got every everything in his locker, and and to add to it, he's he's incredibly humble. He's you know he's just he just cannot believe he has this opportunity to be playing professional cricket, and and as and as good as he is, he does, I don't think he quite realizes just yet how how big he's going to be and how how good he he really can be. I mean, his comments after after the game was. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've quite arrived at Test cricket yet. I mean, <laughs> this is a guy who took the most wickets in a series that he lost. So, you know, that's amazing. Like, <laughs> he's a really humble guy, and I think that's that, that's great. I mean, on, it's, it's brilliant. On, on um, Roberto, the thing about um, that's most impressed me about him is he can. You know, he's gone for a few runs sometimes. And he might ball it too full and get hit, and then ball it too short and get pulled or cut. And then you know when he finds his length and his line, that's it. It just keeps hitting it, and and it like like Dan just said, then just moves it just like broad, just a little bit either way. And because he's got that skiddiness as well, a little bit like when I thought when Philander first came and he had that skiddiness, but he's got that and the accuracy just to keep putting it on that. And then the en- the engine, obviously, as a young lad, but the engine to basically carry the attack in this fourth test on his own, um, with no Abbott and Markle struggling in the first innings and Pete not taking any wickets, was just <laughs> what a find. No, he's, de- he's definitely got a heart. He's definitely got a heart of a fast bowler. See, I, you know I, I, what you know what's amazing about him is um, he's he's got. Like the action of of Alan Donald and the and the the stamina of Mackay and Tini, it's it's amazing. <laughs> like Mackay and Tini would run in all day, every day, and just keep bowling ball after ball after ball. But Rabada's got even more skill than Tini, in my opinion. Yeah, I was thinking um, 
about who who I can recall in my lifetime making such an impact at such a young age in Test matches because it doesn't really happen with fast bowlers. You get it more, you get it occasionally with batters, don't you? But um, and the only one I could really come up with was Waka Yunus. And if he if he if he has anything like the career that Waka Yunus did, then God, well, God rest the world. As, as a youngster, Mohammed Amir is the one I think of. He, yeah, but he um, never really, he never did anything like this. Thirteen wickets for hundred and forty four. No, not thirteen. But I thought in terms of the the skill and control that he had. Rosie, were you secretly egging him on to get the thirteenth wicket? I was definitely was. <laughs> I, I definitely it, was because that was the best bowling figures at that ground ever by anyone. That is, you know, you needed twelve was the best. I can't, I can't remember who it was. It'd be right. really interesting. It was Johnson, Johnson, Mitchell, Mitchell, Johnson. Mitchell Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be really interesting to follow Rabada's career now over the next few years, and um, you know, they needed something like this. They needed. Uh, Stephen Cook to get selected and actually make an impact was very important, but they needed Rabada now that you know with the the bowling not looking as strong as it used to be. But I, I wanted to come back to England very quickly, guys, with with um, uh, Rhodes in and Kennett in that with England winning the series has that papered over some of the cracks that we thought were there in the top order batting. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> Uh, because we, because we yeah, Dan because uh, let's just go back to the uh, Hales issue because we don't we don't need to talk you know if, if England were were losing the series it would have been headline news but because they've won yeah. the series it, it kind of we, we just don't talk it. about it we haven't got away with it almost uh, but I mean is, is Hales um, uh, your opinion is the same he's not he's not a red ball cricket uh, no, I, I saw something. I saw something from Bayless yesterday um, that um, he, he, he. I think he's toying with the idea of swapping places when it comes to England. Um, I Compton open and inhales at three, but I don't know if Hales is a three either. But uh, <laughs> we that, see. That's, that's where he bats in red ball cricket. I think a lot. <clears throat> okay. But um, the answer to your question is yes. I mean, and to be honest, and Taylor and uh, they all got, they all got one fifty each. Uh, in the series, um, but the only I guess the only difference was that Compton and, and Taylor really mm, scored runs in the first test at Durban when it really mattered on day one when the team was in a hole. Um, so they at least they made a big contribution to to winning the winning the series in that respect. But um, I think I think um, I think Compton ended up with um, two hundred and fifty runs at thirty. So it's it's a pass I think in for the series terms, but. Um, uh, what's, your, what's your opinion on Taylor? Because uh, uh, I, I had more hopes for Taylor actually. And after the first test, I thought, "Oh, here we go, it's, mm. it's, we're on." But but then that kind of you know, uh, great in the field, great catches, yeah. And um, so you know, valuable member of the team. But um, he, he didn't show the control, did he? Really, the shot in the first innings in uh, Centurion was just absolutely diabolical. I, I don't I don't think I've ever seen such an out of control hook shot. Um, it was just a joke. Um, I don't know what he was trying to do. He was like he was a cat on a hot tin roof at, at that point. He was literally trying to slog every ball, wasn't he? Um, yeah. yeah. So I think he just needs to be, just needs to get his head together. And um, I still I, feel he's a test match cricketer, though. Yeah, I definitely stick with him for the for the for the Sri Lanka and uh, Pakistan. Uh, Rose, what's your thoughts on the the conundrum that is uh, the top order? Yeah. Uh, um... Well, there's no one really putting the hand up. You've got balance. He hasn't really scored many runs. Um, I don't think you can go back to Carberry or anyone like that. I like the fact that Hales would be a better three 
then he looks to be an opener. But I think it's a tough, um, like Dan said, it's a tough tour for an I think it's a tough tour for an opener, as Cook found out, as Van Ziel found out, as Elga found out. Uh, the new ball t- tends to take more wickets um, in South Africa. But it doesn't look like one, does it? I think it's the same with um, Adam Life. When you see a batsman get out the same way, with the same kind of shot, with a lack of footwork, you know he's not an opening bat. You saw Cook come in for South Africa, and you saw his front foot move towards the ball and read where it's going and leave it. Yeah. And know when to leave it, and that's what an opening bat should be doing, unless you're David Warner. Um, you know, there aren't many of them, Verenda Sehwags, Marcus Treskovic. Um, you know, that's such good hand eye coordination. Hales could be that. I think it's too harsh to judge after one series, but if you ask me to judge after one series, I'd say it's definitely not good enough to test opener. Yeah, Especially in English conditions as well. It's even worse there because it swings as well. So you need even more footwork. Would you give him Sri Lanka and Pakistan then, or would you? Would you? I'd, I'd keep him in the team, but I'm not. I, I like the idea of putting a, a more authentic um, type of player in Compton to open, and, and you know they've had a good partnership before. He knows when to leave the ball. He knows when to dig in. Um, so yes, I would give him more time. I don't think he should ship him out now. I think he's a good batsman. I just don't it, think he's a Test opener. There's a big difference. Where's yeah. the first Test? Any? Any? When's the? Um, May uh, 20th. A venue? Uh, <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, God. Just on, just on um, uh, Hales, and, uh, um, uh, I looked it up, um, going back to the start of last summer, um, Cook's partner, Alistair Cook's partner, has had 23 innings uh, at an average of 15.4 with a top score of 60. So, God knows how England have managed to win in... South Africa and the Ashes in that time with those kind of performances at the top of the order. It's that fantastic underbelly of Bairstow and Ali. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they did it. What's, what's the, we know that we're, we're, we're not happy with Bairstow with the gloves. So well, part, 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 part of that aside, but has he, has he shown himself as a test match batsman now? Um, Kenny, uh, that, has that changed your mind now on him? Well, I, I still wouldn't want to see him any higher than seven. People say, well, put him in the top six Ooh. now. Well, no, because it might top come back five. to... Top five? Some, some pundits are saying top five for best time. No, no, no just, just if he's scoring runs at seven, keep him at seven. Hmm. There's, there's no need to change it. You don't want to move Stokes, do you? So, um, and I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, I, just just on Hales, like you, t- you mentioned Warren Sayward, they abandoned and, and you're absolutely right. He's, Hales, when you watch him, he's he's a seaball ball player, isn't he? Um. But he this series he had a lower strike rate than Compton. And that is not what a sea ball hit ball player does, is it? So no, but he got out trying to sea ball and hit ball. But, and maybe, you know, it's a tough that's what I mean. It's tough. But he had a he had a lower strike rate than Compton in the series. See, any any aggressive batter batter will everybody will always say, Oh, they can be the next David Warner or like a Saywag type of player. But <coughs> you can't just label every aggressive batsman in that kind of ilk. You see, I personally wouldn't wouldn't give him. I, I'd do. I'd put Compton, who's who's had a run previously as opener. He can open. He's got a good technique. I'd be quite tempted to put um, Cook and, and Compton up. Let's see if Ian Bell still got it at number three. Or then I'd be tempted to promote Taylor to three. Keep Root at four all day long. Uh, and then uh, then you've got the likes of if it's a spinning uh, wicket, you can bring Rashid in. 
lowering the order uh, and tinker with it that way. I wouldn't. I feel as though the team's carrying Hales for no reason, just for the sake of it. You know, when you, the um, put, put it test record is 13, 13 tests, um, average of 31 and a half. So, uh, you know, you could say you could get a few more to say, can he kick on from that? And, you know, he absolutely averaged 31 in this series as well. Um, you know, if he's if he's your weakest player in your top six, you might just get away with that. But if he can, if him if him and Cook between them can give the team a few starts, I think that's the key. See off the new ball and give the team a few starts. You might just be able to get away with him. Um, you know, as a medium term solution. On on Bester, I think he needs to keep averaging seventy one if people are going to forgive the kind of mistakes he's making. I don't so know. I don't know how many. Um, <clears throat> Should know, but I don't know how many catches he actually took. But I reckon seven. If, if it was seven, seven, how many catches did he take though? So if you say if he took ten and dropped seven, then that, that he's yeah. he's not got another series dropping this many catches. And as, there was another one where, keeper. and there was another one where it wasn't even a, a drop; it just went straight between him and Cook. There's no cohesion in the cordon at all, is there, between him and Cook at the moment? I think no. the key is I think the key is that he drops him or, or whatever. It's the it's the key moments. It's it's almost like a game changing fumble by a goalkeeper. You know, if if those if some of those had been taken, that could have easily put England in the driving seat in, at that particular moment. Um, you know, the fact that South Africa are a weaker team at the minute and they get away with it. Um, but I think uh, I think the the talk, the talk is anyway from the Yorkshire camp that Bearstow can you know will eventually get his his uh, keeping up to up to scratch. So let's see. Mark Boucher said it as well, and Trevor Jennings, and some, and uh, who, who did I hear the other day in the English camp saying it'll be good enough? Bailey said um, he's going to get another chance, so we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm as a kid, <coughs> Matt Pryor said it was a technical issue, he's going too far onto his left foot, and then he can't get back across. Um, he said he had the same issue. But the, the thing with Pryor, it wasn't seven catches, it wasn't this many, and it mm. wasn't, you know, it wasn't as simple a chance as so. He's, he's not. He's gonna. You know, if he wants to be the wicket keeper as well, he needs to keep averaging seventy-one. Yeah. The, the, the only thing that gives me encouragement is that he. he everybody's tell, telling me telling us how hard he's actually working at it, and that it, that does give me some room for being positive about that he can can turn this round. I think, I think you guys should be careful. You guys should be careful when Mark Batcher says. You know, he's. He's taking so I think I think that I think was my Boucher, first thought, Dave. <laughs> Boucher wants him to stay there because um, he he was you know he was awesome for South Africa. I mean, seven catches by a keeper dropped. That that I, I don't know if I've ever heard of anything that bad in a series. That's a lot of catches, Dave. Can That's you believe that? He, he was on the verge of getting the world record for the most catches in an innings at one point, and he dropped it. <laughs> he dropped the winning oh, one. So he yeah. equal, I think he equalled the world record in the end. But then he thinks about what he did. I hope he he does sort it out because I thought I thought throughout the series he batted really well. You can see that's a guy that that wants it badly. He looks like he's he's a grafter. So you know, I I hope he does sort it out. I really do because it would be a pity if that's what keeps him out of the English side. Because I I thought his batting at number seven was was brilliant. He's a great partner for for Stokes. Um, final final question, Dave, for yourself was that how many of the uh, original sort of problems that we've highlighted throughout the pods do you think the South African management have come up with the answers to? You know, have they solved 
a lot of the problems or is it that all the problems all the, the issues that you saw are still there or is it somewhere um, in between there's only one problem solved and that's um, what happens at the top of the order um, getting Cook into the side finally I think that that might that solves that issue um, other than that uh, I don't think they've solved anything to be honest um, it's still it's still a batting lineup, very very reliant on on Amla and or Amla and or De Villiers doing something well. Um, Bavuma is very young. Um, he he's certainly someone that's like sort of taken his chance and couldn't be happier for the, for him. Um, but it wasn't an issue to begin with. I thought he deserved his place anyway. Um, I think figuring out what we do with the the Faf Duplessis slash Dumini problem. And coupled with how we get balance into the side, I don't think they. I think they have an idea. I think we we're getting there, but I don't think it's solved. Dave, thanks for your thoughts there. Uh, team of the series, gentlemen. Kenneth, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's a few shoe-ins that no one's going to disagree with. Um, broad in the bowling attack, best at wicketkeeper, Stokes at all-rounder, uh, uh, Root in the middle order. Um, but that's only five players. I don't think has anybody got any objections to those five? No, no, no. no, so no I'm think, happy with that. Yeah. So I mean, should we do bowlers first? Um, Dave, who, who would be your other? What would be your, if we got Stokes all rounder and Broad opening the attack? Who, who's the other? Who's the other three for you? Um, definitely Rabada. There's no doubt about that. Um, Finn. And we'll come back to the other one. Yeah, I'll come that's, back yeah, to the that's, that's, that's yeah, the yeah. contentious one. Yeah, that's the I, problem. Rabada and Finn, Amit? Yeah, I mean, Broad Rabada, Finn from his efforts in the in the first tests, I think. that The re-seamers there, I'm happy with that. Um, Stokes is at six, isn't he? Um, did we say Roots is at four? Yeah, Roots at four. Roots at four. Um well, let's let's go from the top then. Who are you going to open with? It's got to um, be it's got to be cook cook cook. No. <laughs> it has to be cook and cook. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> now we cooking. I, I was going to go with Elgar myself. Elgar central in the first test. Yeah, in difficult circumstances. Yeah, no, no. Ser- right. Seriously, I think Elgar does does earn his spot there. I think he's he's actually solidified his his position as an opening batsman for sure. Yeah, two hundred eighty-four runs at forty-seven. He was the best opener. Like, he was. Some he was. I, th- so, I, th- I think. I think the question is whether it's Stephen or, or Alistair. Wow! Can you imagine that if you if you're putting Alga and Stephen Cook as the opening best two opening batsmen and, and Cook got to he played in one Test match, Stephen Cook. <laughs> and, <laughs> unbelievably, I think Cook has to, as in the English Cook, has to play because we've got to get a captain. So, um, I think. Uh, Elgar and uh, Alistair Cook as captain, I think, get in. That's my Did thinking. You... Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I, I think it's. I thought. I thought Stephen was so good in that first innings. He was just brilliant. Uh, he absolutely. Did. I know. And I know. I don't think Alistair did particularly that much wrong. He just didn't have much luck, did he, in this series? He didn't. You know, he didn't look like he was a, a walking wicket, did he, Dave? He looked pretty solid most of the time. No, he he did. He did. I mean, he he got some good balls. Maybe I mean, maybe one or two unlucky dismissals. But it's tough opening the batting. It's it's mm. especially in South Africa. It's it's the toughest thing you can do. So it's it's understandable that he might not get 
get the runs. But he did look solid. He did look solid. I mean, and, and Ahmed's point on picking a captain, yeah, South Africa, there's no way you're picking any of South Africa's captains. So you're going to choose Cook every time. Yeah, maybe I just swing it then. Number three, Rosie, who comes in? Amla. Amla. Yeah. Absolutely. Top run scorer. Yeah, in the series, yeah. Even more than Stokesy in the end. So, uh, yeah. Thank so goodness we... for that. <laughs> so, uh, Amla at three. Cook uh, Roots at four. We've, we're okay with that. And uh, Bavuma five. at five. Bavuma. Yay! Bavuma at five. That's, I, was, I was waiting for someone else to say it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Bavuma at five. Better than all the other English batters. I, I agree with that as well. Dogs. Stokes at six. Best Man of the best series. Best and then it's either, I've got one of three, I've either got, you can either pick, flip a coin and Pete or Ali, or you can go for Morkel and go with five quicks. <laughs> That's a tough. Well, you, yeah. And play every test at the Wanderers. You don't, you don't want five quicks, do you? Um, um, I'd, 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 as well. Pete, it's hard, isn't it? I don't know. It's very difficult. It's that is a coin toss. It is a coin toss. I, I think. I think in the long run, I think Pitt's going to prove to be a, a a better bowler over time. But in this series, it is. It's a bit of a. It's a coin toss. Yeah, ten wicket. Pete, ten wickets of forty six with an economy of three point six, and Ali, ten wickets at forty nine with an economy of three. So in the economy, you pick Ali. Movement, yeah, I think he's a better bat as well by a mile. Are yeah, we, are we, <laughs> ironically, Kenneth, are we picking Ali on the basis that he can that he can pick he can hold an end up? Well, I'm, I can't believe that he ended the series with an economy rate of three. I just can't believe that. I was just it's thinking because, it's because Amla, Amla treated him with respect. Oh yeah, on that last day, yeah, day four, yeah. <laughs> I do think South Africa treated him with a lot more respect than the Pakistani players did. Oh yeah. I think, on the, basis, I think on the basis that Ali got a man of the match, I think we have to be forcefully having to pick out. And plus, he's good runs of the bat, sixty-one in the the last test there as well. So um, oh, and also we're go with Ali. That's my pick. Also, given South Africa's um, spin, uh, you know, where we play spin bowlers after India, I think we were terrified of Ali. I think they, they forgot all about Broad and they were only worried about Ali. So <laughs> that's probably why his economy looks as good as it did. So to only, the fact he only took 10 wickets, we're probably celebrating that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, okay, Moeen. Yeah. It, it's a moot point though, really, isn't it? That It's not a significant point. Um we, I think we expect we accept that Pete's probably the better spinner. But as far as the series goes, for instance, Ab De Villiers is still a fantastic batsman, but he won't get into the series team because of such a poor run. Absolutely, uh, he, he he shouldn't be in this in the side now. Three ducks, yeah, yeah. Um, but did you hear this, the thing that they were talking about? How many ducks he's got over his career? Four in the first 175 Test innings, and then three in a row. Insane! Wow. <laughs> Insane! <laughs> you, is that because he's captain? What the hell is going on there? That's maybe, amazing. Maybe, that maybe it was his pop song. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Singing to himself while he's batting. He needs to stop that. <laughs> he's already thinking of the IPL, which is just around the corner. 
<laughs> well, he's got he's got some ODI cricket to to play before that against um, the English and and wait wait for the game at the Wonders. <laughs> so you've got four South Africans in that team, Dave. I, I'm I'm amazed, but but I'm, I'll take it. <laughs> So yeah, we, just we had we had more Aussies in the uh, Ashes team in England. That was that, that, wasn't it? <laughs> so it's so, Alistair Cook, Elgar, Amla, Root, Bavuma, Stokes, Bairstow, Moeen, Broad, Rabada, and Finn. Good team. That's a very good team. That's a that's an excellent side. I think it's a good good team. Um, especially with the, the, the stars of uh, Rabada and Bavuma coming through as well for South Africa. The best all-rounder in world cricket. Indeed he is. If yeah, I first, I think... first one to score, is it 400 and take 10 wickets since Flintoff in 2005? First player to do that. Boom. It's amazing. I'd, I'd say the two breakthrough players, the real breakthrough players of this series, definitely Stokes no doubt about it like I think he's made a serious statement and and Rabada for me those two guys gentlemen that brings us to an end an enthralling fantastic series which I can't even even now I can't believe it that England have actually won in South Africa uh thank you Dan Kenneth Dan Rhodes and uh and Dave for your thoughts and uh Don we missed you on this pod uh, but we know you're busy today, but uh, thank you for your thoughts as well, officially. And uh, we look forward to everybody's thoughts again on the next on the next podcast. Next. Thank you. Twenty twenty, <laughs> bit of slap and tickle, like Don said. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of slap and tickle. <laughs> I think it's it, it's it's a, it's a serious, specialised format nowadays. Definitely, just get Samir on for that one. That was it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll give that one a miss, guys. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't know. I don't watch enough T20 to. Uh, <laughs> to, to be an expert.
Um, All right, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Are you guys excited for the Wonders? I, yeah, I think it should be good. I think we'll probably get beat, though. <laughs> but our one day has been good under Bailey, so you never know. It'll be good. I'm not even asked about White Wolf. <laughs> I just don't really care. You're not hired <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, Dave, the, the, no one cares. Uh, when it, when the English mentality has always been that, yeah, but we won the tests. That's what really counts. <laughs> we won the tests. Whereas, whereas I mean, it's the one day victories that India have had. Uh, well, there's a thing I have to cling to. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd love it for the, the day before I, I, I die. I'm, so my final thoughts, yeah, because I've got to get. Well, I would the day that I, I, I hope that day will come in my lifetime. There is more chance of England winning the World Cup in football than this happening, where India can come to England and be favourites in, in a test series. In a test series, I want it to be that. I still, I still fantasise about those days of Venkatesh Prasad and Srinath coming in as an opening pair, having having some muscle. Oh, it'll never happen again. Not with the what? Not with the T Twenty stuff now in India. <laughs> oh no! Anyway, it's, it's... Brilliant. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. See you later. Cheers, guys. You stood in a similar position after the Ashes, wondering if you'd ever do something like that again. Talk me through your performance here today. Yeah, I mean, to win in South Africa is on the bucket list, really, as a cricketer. It's, uh, I mean, I've never beaten them in a Test Series prior to now. They're a very tough team to play against. So to have come over to South Africa and played the, the sort of cricket we have, I mean, it's uh, everyone's contributed in the series so far. And I had a good feeling about this ground before the game, actually. It feels a very special ground to play at. Uh, I wasn't feeling overly well on the first day, but I said to the lads, I'll try and make it up to your second dig. So it was nice to get a few wickets in the second innings. Um, but it, we got a bit of luck as well as a team. It was the perfect day to bowl, really. A bit of cloud, the lights were on, it swung, it seemed, um, and there was a bit of bounce. But I think, I think the bowlers were due after K-Town. The fielders played a huge part in creating pressure and taking catches. And we learned some mistakes from the first innings. Potentially, we bowled a little bit short in the first innings. Um, a little bit short full, whereas I decided today that I was going to try and pitch it a bit fuller, but really try and bowl as quick as I could, um, instead of floating it up there, and it seemed to work. And what about those catches from Ben Stokes and um, James Taylor? Yeah, I mean, uh, t- actually, Titchy this morning was really practising them really hard. We, we thought short leg was going to be an important position because of the extra bounce, and he spent a lot of time in practice working on his game there. So when he caught them, he was running away screaming, like shouting. You could see how it was, it was like Alan Shearer scoring a goal, wasn't it? But it was, um, I mean, uh, those sort of catches win your games. Um, looking through the whole of the Ashes series last, year, last summer, we took some great catches and won the series, and... Um, those catches have really helped us win these games today. Watching that trophy there, what does that mean? It's a team game, isn't it? You're a team man. What does it mean to have something like that to take home? Yeah, I mean, we always talk about, as a team, someone getting a man of that trophy because generally you, you win the game. But it is a, it's a team trophy generally because you, bowlers can't do their job without the batsman getting scoreboard pressure out there. I mean, Rooty's 100, to be honest, was probably one of the best I've seen him score. I mean, conditions that are a bit foreign to us with the extra bounce here. It's an atmospheric place to play. It feels very pro South African, which is great. Um, hostile place, um, and he played with such fluency. I mean, the Stokesy partnership with him really changed the main momentum of the game. And we wouldn't wanted to be chasing too much more than 150 on that. So we were, we were delighted to bowl South Africa out for 80 odd. You mentioned the fans. A few songs for you from both sides. But you say it's great as part of Test cricket, isn't it? Great, enjoy the fans like that. Oh yeah, it's part of sport, isn't it? I think the the buzz of 
as a kid when I used to watch Leicester Tigers and Forest, you get a bit of banter between the fans at different players. And uh, I mean, I'm pretty used to that after my trip to Australia. But um, no, it's a, it's a great ground. It's it's very loud. It's um, intimidating, but I think that makes the the win extra special. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered.